Hello. How are you, Miss Amber? I'm great. I'm locked in my bedroom, working from home with my husband, Jordan, your brother, our nanny, and three kids. So I had to shut the door, lock it, and go into the farthest corner of the room because you know they're going to knock on that door. They haven't wanted me all day, but because I'm locked in this room, there's a chance you're going to hear little knocks at that door. So be prepared for it. I'm prepared for that. Uh, okay. I've had, ben has just walked <laughs> right into the video podcast before. So it's, it is what it is. Like that's what we experience as parents. So, um, well, welcome. I know you're doing great, but you're also super nervous. You were. I am. I'm nervous. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. Like, do I set them on my lap? Do I? Just put them down. Just, just yeah. <laughs> movie quotes. That's funny. So we yeah. have, obviously, yeah. So Jordy has the most popular uh, episode, second most popular episode so far uh, mm-hmm. on, on the Kill I've watched it at least 30 times, or listened to it at least 30 times. I'm uh, his biggest fan. Of course. So it could be me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I have listened to it a couple times. But. Yeah, there's only 31 listens, so it must be, must be. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I, so that's, that's interesting to talk about because you guys are a little obsessed with each other and like in a positive way. I really <laughs> that. I, I, I don't know. I don't obsessed with me. Do you remember the question in, was it Alabama where he had to say who his best friend was? We played that couples game and I, I, I like no doubt said he was my best friend. He didn't say I was his best friend. And I'm still a little bit like by that. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. No, 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 no. I, I love all that. I, that game, I actually was just thinking of that game the other day um, and playing that game. And I thought it was kind of fun. So who did he say his best friend was? Brent. He said, well, I didn't think of it as like the person I live with. It's like different. We just took it a totally different way. But it's funny because I randomly bring it up. Of course you do. Ran, ran. It's a joking way. Like, you know, I just, yeah. But that is kind of the, the whole um, relationship in a nutshell, right? Like, you guys met, and uh, I like that story. I, I actually remember riding in the truck, which was my question, and it turned to be my truck. But I remember riding in the truck and then laughing and giggling about something about Jordan, and then it, it came up about how this girl keeps trying to ask him to go out on a date and yeah. he say no. He turned me down like four times. I mean, I tried, I, and I don't usually, I think I liked the chase a little bit too. Of course. Like he made it a little bit of like a competition, but yeah, I left a note on his car. Um, I text him once and he never texts back. And he says that's because your mom would have gotten mad if he used any like data. Lying. Cause it would have cost like 35 cents to text back. And so he's like, rule follower wasn't going to just say, I, it was Merry Christmas. That's what I sent him. And I remember I was sitting on my grandma's couch and I was just like devastated because he didn't even respond Merry Christmas, but what was, what was it about it? What was it about him that, um, like why try? So he was, I don't know. He was just so different than any guy that I was attracted to in high school. I liked the quote unquote bad guys, like the ones that, I don't know, honestly, probably weren't great influences on me, but I think a part of that is I didn't have like some easy childhood and I didn't know my biological dad till I was, um, I ended up searching and finding him when I was like 19. But I think 
I don't know. It just, there was something about the bad guys that I liked. And, um, we were in a fitness and nutrition class together and I sat next to him because I, I transferred into that class. I wasn't supposed to be in there. Um, but I ended up switching my class last minute and he happened to be in there and like, I, I knew of him, but I had never really talked to him. He just wasn't my type, like super shy. I'm really loud. I mean, I'm pretty outspoken. Um, but I just remember sitting next to him and I remember telling him all of my boyfriend issues and he'd just sit and listen. And I don't know, I think he just became more like chatty. And then he was my um, homecoming court escort. And again, I had a boyfriend. The reason I didn't ask my boyfriend was because he was younger and couldn't do it. So I was like, all right, Jordan might do it, you know, then he did. And then I don't know. I just, I feel like I just started to like get a small crush on him because I genuinely felt like he was such a good person. And he is, I mean, I say that to anybody now that talks about him. I'm like, he is genuinely one of the kindest people I've ever met in my life. Um, and he's selfless, you know, little brother, right? What? Except to his little brother. Me. Sorry. I said he's he's nicest person ever to everyone except his little brother, me. Right? I, the siblings? Yeah. I jokingly say that because I remember I can hear your voice still. It's like, Jordan, what the heck? Or something like that, where you were getting on him because he was picking on me or something at some point. Well, you were a little small fry when I met you. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just I don't know how it happened. It just did and I still think back like we were such different people then than we are now. Like we are totally different. I mean, you you see him, he's different. I feel like I'm different, but somehow we've, I don't know, morphed together per se. Yeah, well, that, makes that makes sense because people do, I hope people grow. I mean, looking back, you know, from freshman year yeah. or high school to now, and you hope that people grow. I'm, I'm choosing to grow. Um, it just seems that you, if you're growing in that similar direction, then that's makes it more fun and more worth it because you guys yeah. are totally different um, than you were growing up, right? Like it's, it's totally, you guys. I think the core values are there, if that makes sense. hundred percent. We're very different personality wise, but when it comes to the core values of how we raise our children and um, just, I feel like all of those things that could really set off a relationship, we do align with those. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think, and that's huge uh, because, you know, that's not always been the case with me. Right? It's like, I've never always had core values to grow into that way. I didn't even know what my core values were. So I was kind of curious as to where you developed your core values and where you learned about them or kind of. I mean, when I say that my childhood is rough, I mean that in a way of not, it was more so when I became um, like a teenager, I. I don't know. I think a part of it, like I have an incredible family. I don't want anyone to take that as in like, I didn't, I had two parents though, that were very, very strict to the point where I think I almost like wanted to rebel because of that, if that makes sense. So I, I don't think it's that they didn't teach me those core values. I mean, I grew up in a very loving family that, um, I mean, they, they taught me those things like, be kind, do your best, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think 
I always tell Jordan, if I hadn't gotten with him in high school when we did, I think that when I was let loose in college, I would have made really bad decisions because I was in that point in high school. I moved out. Um, as soon as I turned 18, I moved out. I lived with my grandma and then I lived with my aunt and my uncle for a while. And me and my family were all cool now, but it was rocky. I felt like it wasn't, um, like, I feel like with you and, you know, Jordan, you guys had such a great, like being that outsider and like meeting him. Like I loved coming to your house because it was like, I don't know, like it just, it worked. If that made sense. Like I wasn't necessarily always used to that. My parents fought a lot. They're divorced now. Like it was very refreshing to go somewhere. And I don't know, it just felt like everything was put together. We had brownie Sundays at nighttime, you know, like it was just, it just was, I don't, I don't know. It gave me that sliver of like, okay, I don't live at home. You know, I live with my, uh, you know, other relatives and I don't know. I think just being with him and being immersed with your family, like gave me a space that I felt like I belonged per se. I don't know if that. Oh, I think it does make sense. I think it seems, it seems from the story you're telling that it's like, you didn't have room to breathe and be an actual kid. Everything had to be like, you have to uphold a certain kind, do this. Like having manners is one thing, but just having the strictness of saying like, you got to be a certain way when that's a lot of expectation for a teenager to go through. And then obviously that feels a lot of tension. And when you have tension, you just want to kind of explode. And I think to your point maybe is that the, the goofiness and playfulness and the, you know, the ability to express yourself and still be accepted by our family was, was found. It seems like, you know, we accepted, yeah, I, accepted you. And, and that's, I don't think my parents ever thought I was like a bad kid. I think that I was their oldest. I was their first. And I mean, there's an extent to where I get that now with our kids, but I've always in my head told myself, don't do that. Like you need to have boundaries but at the same time, you need to let them try and fail, you know, and hopefully learn from that. So I don't know, just. You're speaking to a really large point. Like, I, I mean, we can get even deeper. It's actually, I was, I've been driving a lot of Uber and I've been telling everybody that, but I like the people I meet in there are just, it's so fascinating. I got to tell a story, which I heard the story from uh, a gentleman, but it's about the caterpillar who turns, a little boy finds a caterpillar and I'm going to butcher the story, but I'll give it to you. So the little boy finds a caterpillar. He brings it home and tells his mom he's all excited. And uh, the, the caterpillar then obviously puts himself in a cocoon, him, him herself in a cocoon. And um, the boy's excited, asking questions, what's going on? And eventually one day the cocoon starts shaking and, you know, the boy's watching and getting excited. He's like, what's happening? You know, it's turning into a butterfly. And and the, the butterfly kind of pokes out of the cocoon just a little bit and is struggling and it's fighting and struggling really hard. And the little boy's like, oh no. And he goes over and rips the cocoon. And because he rips the cocoon, the butterfly didn't build enough strength to actually fly on its own, so it dies. And so it's such an obvious story, like, oh my gosh, but it happens, it seems like it's happened in a lot of areas. And, and I try to parent that way. And like you're talking about, it's like, we try to put bound like where it, where are the boundaries where do we I think it's a learning process I think you know I don't look back and think that my parents because now I look at my younger sister she's 14 years younger than me born on my birthday and it is completely night and day how we were raised so it's I mean maybe it's a, a learning experience you know you maybe the oldest we were kind of the guinea I hate saying guinea pigs because it's 
don't know. I think maybe you just learn. And I mean, I have open communication with my parents about this. Like you guys were so like, you're so strict. Like, I mean, I remember looking back and being a junior senior in high school and sometimes wasn't allowed to go to like football games. I mean, it was just, it was a little bit overkill, if that makes sense. I think too, you have to think about like, I want my kids to be able to come to me and tell me serious things. So um, I don't want them to be scared of me. At the same time, I don't want them to think I'm their, their like best buddy and friend. I think you have to have that medium kind of relationship there, but I want it to be something where they're comfortable to tell me something they screwed up on with hopes that I'm not going to like, you know, just go crazy on them. And I, I'm definitely more of the like disciplinarian. Jordan is more, okay, you know, and I caught myself, like, I think sometimes I need to chill out because I see myself being a little bit too rigid when it comes to, but I think a part of that is when I used to teach, um, you know, I saw it all in a classroom. And so I want to raise little boys who become men and now a little girl who becomes a woman that are, you know, kind and um, positive and have dreams and go for them and stand up for themselves. And I, it's, parenthood's not easy. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like you do things, you overthink it, you realize you screwed up or you realize you did that great. And it's just a continuous cycle of, you know, almost overthinking every single thing that you do. I do that every day. You know, I'll like something happened in the morning. Like this is when we weren't quarantined, but um, there would be something that was said or a conversation that would happen before Declan would go to school. And I remember I'd drop him off and the whole drive home, I would just overthink and analyze everything I said, like, did I mess up his day? Is that something that's going to impact him for the rest of his life? And it's just, I don't know if that's normal for parents to overthink everything that they do on a daily basis, but I don't, you know, I, uh, not that you've asked my opinion, but I think, I think kind of like with you and Jordy, it's, it's having core values and then testing along the way, right? Like, yeah. A couple of things you spoke about is like your parents are way different with their younger kid than their than they were with you, and yeah. I, definitely how it was with I, I'm sure of it. You know, I was I'm ten years younger than Jason, the oldest brother, and he was treated and parented way different than yeah. I was, and then Heath was, and you know, and and the parents are at different places. They're freaking out. They don't know what to do. They're, yeah, absolutely. you know, and, and, you know, so I think, I don't think it was told to me the other day. What was it? It was like, if you're already asking these questions, then you're winning. Like if you're asking yeah. what makes a good parent, if you're asking, I, I think if there was, I think it's Ed Milet and is not really relevant for this conversation, but Ed Milet talked about, it's like those who are quote unquote successful in their endeavors um, most people kind of reflect on a year basis, right? It's like, okay, let's recap. How was my 2019 and what do I want to do in 2020? Higher success people do this on a quarterly basis or a monthly basis. And then even a higher successful people do it on a daily or hourly basis. Not to be over analysis by paralysis. It's not saying inaction is yeah. not okay, but it's to say like, what am I doing with this hour? what did I do the last hour and what do I want to, what do I want to do with this next hour? And I think yeah. 
I've noticed that for myself and a quick story is I actually talked to the, so I quit my job five weeks ago in the middle of quarantine, right? My parents probably freaking out. Like everybody's like, what? Kale, 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 like always kale. <laughs> kale, what is he doing? We never know what he's doing. It's like, the thing is, is like, I'm savagely like growing. Like I, I'm always getting new information and I'm trying to evolve into this, this person that I am. And I've had to unshackle myself through some false beliefs of who I thought I was before. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of ego as well. Um, what was I saying? I don't remember. Totally forget. You quit your job. I quit my job. So I was talking to my boss. Thank you. I was talking to my boss um, last night of the job I quit and uh, um, from, from the sales job I had. He came, he was a new boss. I, I, I started in September. He started in October. He's this 5'2", 52-year-old Italian guy. Uh, he looks like Joe Pesci, sounds like Joe Pesci from Home Alone, and it's amazing. But we did an exercise, and, uh, which was cold calling. And we're like, okay, ring, ring, pick up the phone, and we're doing it, and we're at a team, and we're like, okay, what are we going to say to this prospect? And I, at, up, up in that point, it's like I was still new to the job. I didn't even know what to say. And I just, he's like, ring, ring. And I was like, uh, I froze. And I'm like a guy who can say anything pretty much at any point in time. Almost. You were in a position like I am now. No, you're fine. You're, you've, already, you've already written a book with all the words you said. So, and, and, and so that happened. And I remember a colleague um, who, who, he laughed. He's like, oh my God, that was terrible, right? And it was fine. But literally less than 30 days later, he was coming to me asking me for cold calling advice. And the reason I'm saying that is because I go back to the thing is I'm savagely looking to grow. I'm, and so yeah. it comes down to the point is like, I don't reassess after a year. I reassess as much as possible. And to your point, I don't think you're overthinking it. Um, yeah. I think for me, I've kind of developed a little safe way for me and I call it the three A's. Because obviously, you know, I've gotten myself into some trouble, not trouble I'm using kind of in just words, right? Um, but just like I put myself into hard situations because I think of the three A's and the three A's are uh, awareness, action and accountability. And so to your point about a, a, being a parent, it's like being aware of what you're really communicating is a big part of it. Yeah. I think of the three A's as kind of like a table, right? It's like if you take a leg away, then it, the table doesn't stand. And yeah. so it takes all three. So, you know, you have, you can't just have awareness and then not take action. Yeah. Right? And then the action has to be what you're holding yourself accountable for and like actually taking it when you become aware of it. So to yeah. your point, I think, I mean, I, I look up to you guys a lot in a lot of areas for a lot of reasons, you know, well, <laughs> oh. we're a hot mess though. Well, I mean, I don't look up to you guys for everything. Jeez. Let's, let's be honest here. Right. <laughs> Jordan's too scrawny to look up there for his fitness. You know, yeah, God love him. He's trying to gain weight. Well, I'm over here the opposite. Like, must to... be nice to be able to eat like toaster strudels and good jeans, man. Good jeans. Something like that. He gets it from his yeah. mom. So, um, anyways, that was a fun story to talk about. What I'm, and I talked, we talked on the phone because you're really nervous, right? And you're like, oh my God, what are you going to ask me? I need to know. I need to be in control where where does because you you okay i don't for the people who know you they know this but for the people who don't know you you run what i would say from an outsider's perspective unless you guys only have a dollar in the bank you guys run a successful business okay right you run a really successful business and i have like kind of a few questions around that one is like what's the motivation because you work a lot 
right? You do. But, but you work different, right? Like yeah. you work on, you work unconditional like non non-conditional, um um untraditional, right? Like yeah. you know, I'm trying to figure out where and how that developed and where that came from. Cause that that is like where I'm trying to wrap myself. Cause I said, Well, how do you grow your business and how you do this? I'd be like, I don't know, I just do it, right? Like, but I'm trying to I mean, yeah, I say it honestly, it I never I was teaching full time and I was teaching kindergarten, first grade at the moment, and I was in my dream school. I mean, I could not have asked for a better team, um, an amazing principal. I mean, I literally was in a position where I would have dreamed of being when I was in college. But I think, and although I love to teach, um, I loved the kids, it wasn't something that I woke up and I was just gleaming to go to work that day. It again, like I kind of said earlier, um, or this might've been before when we weren't actually taping. Um, I've always loved photography. I've always loved computers and graphic design and editing photos. And I would do that. Actually, I would also do this a lot. I would get music off of like Napster. And when Napster shut down and it became like illegal, um, I love technology. I was able to stream music from like your dish satellite. You know how there's those music channels and music just like streams. Well, I would stream music from that into my computer and I would tape it and burn CDs with this music. So I was like, if Napster's going to shut down, I'll figure out a way to get my music for free. So I feel like I've always loved, I've always loved technology. I've always loved figuring things out myself and I remember in our high school, you know, you're young, you're a baby in high school. And the fact that you have to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life till you retire, it, it just mind blows me now that I have my own kids. Like you're, 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 you haven't experienced the world or what you even really love to do. And you have to figure that out. So I had mentioned photography and I think your parents just want you to like in the grand scheme of it, they want you to be in a better place than they are. I didn't grow up with a family that has a lot of money. And so um, I think that was always thought about was, you know, you want to do something that's going to give you an income and honestly not rely on a man because, you know, I didn't want to marry for that. I didn't want to marry a guy because of money. I wanted to marry someone because I genuinely loved them as a person. So. Um, and I, I initially started off um, college in nursing and I went to watch Saul, the movie, and realized I couldn't handle that movie. So nursing wasn't going to work for me. And I was undecided in college. And I remember being called into the counselor's office and they were like, you need to pick your major because right now you're wasting money on elective classes and you're going to end up being here for five, six years if you don't figure it out. And I just remember seeing kids come out of the college university doors and they were little and, you know, teeter-totting. And I was like, oh, I love kids. I've always loved kids. You know what? I'll be an elementary school teacher. That'll be fun. I can be theatrical. I can teach them. I like teaching things. And so that's what I did. And so I'm going off on a tangent here, but um, I never grew up like knowing what I wanted to do. It was just kind of, you have to choose. So. Um, I was teaching and I had just had, or I was pregnant with crew. 
And I had started my business before that, but it, the, literally the only reason I started it was because um, I was making bibs and burp cloths and baby stuff because I couldn't find what I liked in stores. I didn't want something that had elephants plastered on it. Like I wanted modern, I wanted simple, basic. And I had people that were like, hey, can you make me some? And as much as I like to do things for other people, Kale, you probably can understand this, it gets to a point where your time is very valuable, especially once you start having kids. And I wasn't able to financially or physically make all of these products and just give them away for free. So I was like, you know what? I can get this free website. I don't have to pay a dime for it. I'll put my random, I mean, I would make like two bibs and post them on this website and be like, hey guys, come get my two, my two bibs that I have available. Um, and then it just gradually, I don't know. It gradually just kind of cycled into um, kids' graphic tees. And then now it's like mainly mom, motherhood-inspired graphic tees. And um, I was teaching with Crew. I was pregnant with him. Our babysitter was not able to watch both boys when I had him. So we had to try to find childcare for that next school year. Um, all the daycares were booked out two years in advance. So it was that was really my tipping point was do I teach and we try really hard to find childcare. And then honestly, at that point, childcare is expensive. I mean, it's very pricey. And I felt like in that moment of our lives, I was working to bring home like $300 a month and have someone else watch my kids. It, to me, just wasn't worth it. Um, so we took the plunge and we decided, you know what, just do what you can with this business. We'll see what happens. And as long as you can, I remember we had this, we said, as long as you can make X amount of dollars a month, we will basically cut even if that makes sense. Does like, if, if I would teach quit or quit teaching, but I could bring in a certain amount of money doing this business financially, we would be fine. Um, and so we did it. And Jordan, your brother, he has been my biggest cheerleader. I mean, honestly, I was scared to death to quit a teaching position that I felt like I got so lucky to land, to take this plunge. And at that time, this business was nothing. I mean, it was, it was nothing that I would have shouted from the roof and treetops like, hey guys, it's awesome. Like it's booming over here. It was very... It was just a casual, like, I really love doing it. So I know your initial question was asking, like, how do I work and what do I do and all of that. It's, I've always been a fly by the seat of your pants kind of girl. Um, I am not a plan my day out. Um, I know what I'm going to have for dinner the rest of the week. I have always been more so a free spirit when it comes to I do what I want when I want. <laughs> that sounds really crazy, but I think with this, um, it's like that. I mean, I don't have set hours. I literally can work where I want, when I want, do what I want. And I know that there's times where if I was more rigid and had a schedule and plan things out better, um, I think that would be beneficial for my business, but I also don't think I'd be where I am if I wasn't as flexible as I have been. Um, I failed so many times and I think it's been one of those things where 
it's okay because I can take a different route. I can do something else. I can learn from that failure and, you know, tweak it and do something else. And so I don't know if that answered your question, but um, I've just, I love what I do. And I think that's why when it comes to like a work balance, I never wake up and I'm like, oh, I have to work today. Like that stinks. I genuinely do this because I love the community that's been built on Facebook. I love the moms that I get to talk to every day. I love hearing their stories and their celebrations. And um, I don't know. I like that it's not just a business. It's been a community that's been built. And I just, I like having that support system. I, I think if anything, I like the community more than I do the business aspect. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that's, that's just what makes it special is, um, and for anyone who's listening, they're like, what is she talking about? We have, um, a mom squad VIP community on Facebook and it, it launched as purely a business platform. I thought, you know what, let's launch this group so that hopefully, you know, if people want to snag a t-shirt or whatever it might be, I can just post in here and then we'll see it. And it ended up turning into like a mommy forum group. I mean, the question, there's questions asked daily, um, anything from, uh, Hey, my kid did this, like any suggestions all, all the way to like, Hey guys, I want to paint my room and I don't know what color to paint it. So it's, it's just a group that I feel like is a very powerful community that has been able to sprout from this business. So how do you, if someone, if someone were to get involved with the group, where, where, or how would they do that? You can just search Declan and crew mom squad on Facebook. Um, we do ask a few questions because that is the other thing we want it to be a safe group. Um, we do only allow mamas because there's questions that are asked that um, we just want moms to feel comfortable and safe. And we screen everybody that gets in, not in like a weird, creepy way, but we do ask some questions just to make sure you're not like a robot or a serial killer or, you know, so. That's what got me. I, I wasn't able to join because. Yeah. For sure. I think you touched on a lot of beautiful things. And I told you before, I told you before this episode, I was like, listen, we're going to get into this and you're going to be nervous, but like, this is going to be great. And I, you touched on a lot of things. And I think, I think you and I have a lot of similarities and probably why we butt heads sometimes or have butt heads and, and like just perspectives that times or just get on each other's nerves or whatever. Like if, you know, whatever that may be, um, at, and I'm not talking about like, obviously last month. I'm just mean in general. Uh, yeah. Last. <sighs> I mean, I've been Jordan for 13 years and I knew you before. You knew me before. So it's been a long time. I did. Yeah. So there's a couple things though that I'm saying are, are interesting is it seems that we kind of have a similar way that we handle things, but also like a same thing that we kind of find enjoyment out of and serve like you are serving like, and, and I don't think you're serving this group as much as you are yet. I think there's more. And I think this podcast is really going to help people understand this, but like, I really am here to like, I'm artists, travelers, entrepreneurs, and parents. Like those are the people that I like, they have a lot of impact. And yeah. those, those roles also are, are meaningful, like entrepreneur and art and, and uh, parenting are all meaningful roles that have an impact. And so I think like when I'm looking down at this type of stuff, it's like one, I wanted to kind of say like, how long 
how long ago did you start Declan and Crew? Well, obviously it was a little arrow company before that, but like when, how long has it been? How long is the process of making the first bib? How long has it been? It was actually 2014 and it was Black Friday. Um, you know, it was one of those things where I launched on Black Friday and all these businesses are getting hundreds and millions of dollars of sales and I probably sold three bibs and I was like, yes, this is off to a great start. So yeah, it's been um, five and a half years. See, right? that's where I know you have gotten frustrated before and also people need to realize, like myself need to realize sometimes too, I am a full tilt speed guy. I am, I wouldn't say that I feel um, entitled necessarily about it. I yeah. just, I just, I'm like whole ham. I'm like, we are going. Yeah. But I know you've experienced some frustration with, and this is why I kind of preface with like entrepreneurs and parents. And I think that this podcast can be really helpful for those who are entrepreneurs and realizing like the process to, um, I don't know if you want to share like a rough yeah, okay. um, of how much, like how much money you've made, like what you, like a, 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 yeah. a, a figure business. How, how many okay. figures have you grown it yeah. from $3? Yeah. Um, the first couple years, um, I remember the first year and again, it's your brother. I mean, he, I don't know how he, what's the word? quote unquote, put up with it per se. I mean, he's I never a, ever said anything negative. What? I need a Jordana. I need a Jordana in my life. I, right? I mean, so the first couple years, especially the first year, um, he's the money guy. I honestly don't even really know the login to our bank account. That's terrible. Um, I handle the finances on my business. He handles the finances when it comes to like our personal things. So we have two totally different accounts. Um, but I remember when I had quit my job, I mean, we had to have the conversation of like, you, you, you really can't go to Target and cruise down the aisles and leave with a shopping cart full. And we had to really think about like, okay, we need to limit how much we go out to eat. And so he would do my books as he called them. And we would just see like, how much did you spend versus how much did you make? And I remember seeing a big fat negative. I mean, sometimes it was negative 20 bucks. Sometimes it was negative a thousand. And there were moments where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, we're going to have to start digging into like personal money to keep this afloat when we're not really getting anything out of it. It's not worth it. And it really started to pick up, honestly, when I made my VIP group um, on Facebook at that time, there weren't a lot of, like, I think groups were newer. I, it was, um, I had seen one or two businesses do this before me and they were both very large. Um, they were small businesses that I looked up to and they scaled to be, um, just really big brands. And so I was like, you know what, let's try this. And I think that just gave a platform for me to not just be a business, but to show people that me and my family were just, we're real people and we can be raw and genuine. And I think people appreciate seeing, um, a real face behind a brand. They know who they're buying from. They know the boys, they know, you know, Harlow. And I think some people look at us and they probably think she posts everything on social media and her whole family is out there. But I know 130% that my brand would not be where it is if people didn't feel like they knew who we were. 
And, you know, it's one of those things where I post a lot of Harlow because she's, she doesn't have, you know, she's lays there and sits there. And my one thing is I will never, ever force someone to be on my platform that doesn't want to. So if the boys don't want to be in a photo, I'm not going to force them to be in a video or a photo because I think that's what people want to see, if that makes sense. I've, I've been questioned before, um, especially after Harlow was born, someone had said, you know, you have two other kids, right? Um, and what? It was probably my dad. No, it, it was just, you know, just someone on social media. And I know that a part of this is, I put myself on social media. I do have to expect that sometimes the comments aren't going to be unicorns and rainbows. Um, but I just remember that feeling of like, I hope people don't think that, that because I'm not posting oodles of pictures of the boys on my platform, that that means that I love them any less. It was more so, you know, because our family's out there, I'm not going to force my kids to do something that they don't want to do just for the sake of, hey, meet my family, if that makes sense. So um, anytime the boys are on there, it's because they ask for their picture taken, or maybe I did bribe them for a fruit snack or something, you know, but um, I think I got off on a tangent there. Um, but, um, it's all good. And I think the interesting, part, the interesting part too is like, and we talked about this briefly as on our phone conversation was just like, the people that are hating in the comments, the people that are, you know, giving you flack or shit, they're hurting in their own right. And, and for example, if, if they think you don't love your kids, well, they're on social media bashing you not spending time with their kids. So at the end of the day, it, it, it's just a weird thing. But I think, I think a couple things that you, you just said there is, is I jokingly say I need a Jordana, but because you and I are so similar, I actually wrote down one of the things I want to talk about is like, and you did say, you said it wouldn't happen without Jordan. Like, and because you had, it, it, it would have been something, but it would have been something completely different. And I, I, you talked about the mom group being safe and you talked about yeah. people open up when they're safe. They can be more vulnerable. And I think when I, when I think about this with you and Jordan is Jordan created a sense of security and safety for you to be more risk taking and more open yeah. to being yourself. And I think that's a huge, huge, huge part of your, your guides success. And is that there's this really complimentary like relationship that you have and um, just hats off. That's what I look up to. I like that. Yeah. And the I think to the balance, it's, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, I can be very impulsive and kind of like you in a sense where I want something and I want it now. And he definitely, I don't know, just offsets that. Um, he kind of makes me a little less high key, if that makes, I don't know. But um, I don't know. I just, I, I like now, even to this day, <laughs> he'll joke around and say like, I want to work for you, you know, like, <laughs> and it, it cracks me up because I don't know if we'd necessarily do well working together. I think we do need those two outlets, like, you know, his job and I need my job. I, I don't know if mixing the two would be healthy. Um, but even to this day, you know, if I told him right now, Hey, I totally forgot to go get something at the warehouse. He'd be like, okay, I'll go get it for you. I mean, it's just small things and big things that, he's just been there every step of the way. And, you know, like you said, with um, other, you know, entrepreneurs out there, I think sometimes we, we see the, the highlight reel of social media. We see 
the successes. They, there's not always moments where people share all those little tidbits and all those little failures. And if you ever believe that someone didn't fail to get where they were now, they're just not showing that to you. You know what I mean? They're just not showing it. And I think it's, it's easy to think, oh, hey, I want to do that and I want this now, but it truly is a learning experience. It's something where I, I'm still learning every day. I'm Googling and um, I don't know. I just think it's one of those things where we went from being in the negative every single month to um, over a million dollars in sales in a year. So I, I, I don't know. I just, I think the important part too is when it gets tough, so many people just give up. They're like, ah, this isn't going how I want it to. Um, and I think you just, it's hard. It's easier said than done to say to push through, you know, it's, it's easier said, Hey, don't stop now. You can do this. Um, but I just think that's important to realize that no one's successes like social media is it's hard. I mean, I don't know what platforms you use, but I know that I scroll social media and sometimes I'm like, man, I have such a great life, but like compared to X, Y, and Z, man, they seem like they have it good. And I think it's easy to get wrapped up in that, whether it's your personal life or your, you know, a business or whatnot, that you're constantly comparing to other people on social media when in the grand scheme of it, they're just highlighting the positives. They're not showing you that journey that it takes to get from A to Z. So it's interesting because every time you bite into an apple, it's still the same thing, right? It's like social media is the apple, but you're not seeing the water, the sun, the rain, the, like you're not seeing the whole journey of the plant, the, the tree that's like producing the fruit, like yeah. just the fruit. You're not seeing that hard work. And I, um, you know, I think that's, and, and again, to, to your point is like surrounding yourself with people. Like I'm curious as to what brings you back. What brings you back down from that comparison? Because you got to have some sort of like one, a willingness to fail is, is, yeah. is a superpower because not everyone, I think you and I are very risk, probably we're different, but you and I are very risk adverse we're, or we're really willing to take a risk. Mm -hmm. um, I might be a little more on the insane side of it because I don't have a Jordana, you know, on the back. Yeah. You know, like, he keeps me grounded. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps you grounded and, and gives you a little bit of that security. And by the way, I do, since he, since he hasn't taken the leap yet for your company, um, I, I call dibs on Jordy. I, I am like in my head, in my vision, like I, he might say no and he'll still say no. Like, but he and I are going to be working on something together because we're just totally different. I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want either of us to be each other's bosses. I just want to work together because he's got skills that definitely I will never have and never want to develop at all. He's calm, cool and collected. And that's not me, you know? Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> I, I try to find that. I find some Zen in the calm, cool, collected, but there's just also things that he gets inundated with that I just like, yeah, uh, no way. So um, check that off my, my list. Do you feel, did you, did you feel guilty for the job when you were a teacher? You said I had, you had your dream job, you hit, you had it. Was there moments of like feeling guilty because you were ready to leave that and you've been given this opportunity and you're like, absolutely. Um, I remember as soon as our um, babysitter who had w been watching Declan at the time, when she had told us, hey, I don't have room for crew and we weren't able to find, I mean, it's hard to find childcare, especially um, like if you're looking at daycares around here, some of them have really long wait lists. And I remember, 
I also felt guilty that I was teaching and I had a business. Um, like I felt guilty that I was not putting every single ounce of my effort into teaching, which, you know, when I was teaching, when I was there, I was on it and doing my job. But there was that, that portion of me that felt guilty that I had this like side thing, even though it wasn't something that took up a lot of time at that point. Um, yeah, I did. I felt, I felt very guilty and I felt at times sometimes like selfish that I wasn't just staying in my lane and teaching for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like I went to school for teaching. Um, I guess I grew up thinking that, you know, you get that job and or you go to school, you get that job and you do it till you retire, or you die. And so, yeah, there was that part of me that's like, what am I doing? Like, am I messing up here? You know, it was just, it was one of the scariest decisions, I think, along with getting a warehouse in my life, is having to make a decision that could really take a turn to the South, you know, so. Well, then the next big step is to buy an RV so Uncle Kale can drive it around. <laughs> the brand so yeah that's probably gonna be scary too <laughs> how do you because obviously we've had to let go of these stereotypes not stereotypes these stigmas that we've been presented with or these mindsets or beliefs that we've been given growing up right hey you get a job you go to or you go to college you get a job you get a degree you pay for the stuff you do it till you retire you do it till you die and that's life and that's fun obviously that's not what you're doing right and obviously there was some guilt there how do you and what has been like the process of letting go of that in my mind i'm thinking of a snake and like i'm actually curious i'm going to google it later it's like what happens if a snake doesn't shed its skin like what happens to a snake if it doesn't shed its skin but that's the reality is like i think as we evolve and, and i i don't know because i haven't really been around all the people that i grew up with but i, yeah. I do see that we all grow at different rates and i'm okay with that but there are some yeah. that it's just like they're not really changing that much and you know, whereas, whereas where you were at 19 to where you are at your age now, 30. Uh, I'll take that. I'll take 30. I'm like 31 and a half, but oh I'll take God. 30. Dude, I, I, you guys hit 30. I, I, I still thought you were 29. I'm 29. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but a lot is, a lot has changed in a decade and a lot of it is yeah. not, just, not a, a lot of it isn't just because life happens, but it's also like, you've made choices to get you to where you are. And so like letting go of friends or reducing your time with friends and like um, taking like debt. My dad gives you so much shit for putting your life on Facebook. But the honestly is like what you said is if you didn't have that, you wouldn't have a business. And I, I put that you're ahead of your time. Like you were doing things that were ahead of your time, whether they were known to you or not. And a lot of that is because you took risk, like, right? Like the internet's a fad, right? And all the people who, didn't believe that we're crushing it and all the people who now have internet at their house and can't live without their smartphones there's you know they're not the ones who are they didn't take the risk they waited until everyone else did it and so uh i know that's a lot of questions in one but i'll go back to the original one it's like letting go of things and what's what's been that process or you know just i think that's my question is, is how how do you operate like that I think it's celebrating the small successes. I think that oftentimes we think that when there's success, it has to be this big elaborate, you know, throw confetti and have a party kind of thing. But I think for me, it's been those bite-sized successes that have gotten me through it. When, you know, there are, there's been so many moments in the last five and a half years where I'm like, 
I don't want to do this anymore. Not more, like more so in the past three years, like I've not really thought that because I truly love what I'm doing. But when you're in that beginning stages of launching a business, especially I didn't go to school for business. So I honestly had no clue what I was doing. Um, it literally was a trial and error and, oh, that worked, that didn't work. And um, when people tell me like, well, how did you build this business then if you never went to school for business? And I'm like, Google and YouTube. If there's a question, I guarantee you that if you do enough digging in Google and YouTube, you're going to find, I mean, that's how I essentially, I went to Google University. Um, yeah, your problems are I've never had a mentor. I was saying your problems aren't really unique, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I get asked, and that is, you know, I've in, I would love, love, love to be a mentor or do some type of coursework for fellow business, you know, entrepreneurs that are in that stage that I was at, where I wasn't really, um, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I can't say I know exactly everything I'm doing now, you know, I'm still learning. And I think that's the beauty of it is when you think you're done, I've always hear people, that's when they kind of decrease because you, you should be always learning. You should be always doing something that's going to make your business stronger or what, what not. But, um, I get asked a lot, whether it's, you know, Instagram or, you know, in my email, how do you do it? Can you tell me how you started your business? And that's just such a loaded question. You can't, I don't, it's, it's a hard one to just answer in a couple paragraphs. It's very much like, I think you have to be okay to fail. You've got to be able to do your own research to an extent. I think there is so much power in finding information for yourself. I could sit there and tell you every single thing that I do, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to work for you. You know what I mean? What I have done has worked for my personality and um, in particular what I sell and what I do. But I think there's this misconception where people think they can buy this manual and it's going to teach them everything that they need to do when you have to put yourself into it. And when you said about the social media thing and, you know, I, I think one of the reasons I love my group is because, like I said earlier, um, especially in motherhood, the last thing that you want when you're going navigating all of that um, is that comparison game. And I like that I can be raw and genuine. And I got ready today, but on a normal basis in my VIP group on Facebook, I have no makeup. My hair is in a messy bun. I look like I just rolled out of bed. And I know that there is no one in that group that is looking at me like, you know, they might think I'm a hot mess, but not in a judgmental way. It's like, hey, I get you, sister. Like, this is the one place that I can come and I'm not going to feel like I'm scrolling this perfect um, Pinterest feed. You know, it's, and I think that's important. I think that I love that these moms in this community have a place where they can come and just feel like they belong and they don't have to be perfect and try to show that on social media. Uh, I love that. I think it's funny because of our conversations of getting you on here and like, I had to get ready. He was like, no, 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 no. no. It's like, and, 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 but that also just shows that you're real, right? It's like, you know, you reach <laughs> success and pe people think if, if this happens, then I can be happy or if this happens then it's like these problems linger until you get through them yourselves like you what, I, what i'm hearing from you in some aspect is one you kind of have to start to give less 
less fucks about what people think about you because you don't have time anymore. You're a mom, you're running around with three kids, you're trying to run a business, you're trying to be a good That is one thing I struggle with is I'm such a people pleaser. And even, you know, with as much sales as we have, we are bound to have something happen with an order or they're sent the wrong thing. And I still, my heart crushes when we get like a, a nasty email, you know, customer service is choose and we make it right. But I am such a people pleaser that I am learning to, I guess, be like you said, like understanding that I'm not going to please everyone and not everyone is going to like me. Um, but I do struggle with that. I mean, my heart cracks when, you know, something is said or, you know, someone is angry. It's like, <laughs> it's, like calling, it's like calling your baby ugly though. You know what I mean? Like, cause it is, yeah. your, you are, and there's some vulnerability, but at the end of the day, that's what I'm saying is so worked well for you because it's so hard to keep up with the Joneses in this aspect. Joneses being like, got to get my hair ready before I go on IG live and integrate. And you're like, just screw it. Like at the end of the day, and that's where you found the most connection is just through that real rawness and vulnerability. And I think, uh, I think that does t- one, I'm going to say a couple things before I forget is, um, definitely get with a ghostwriter or somebody, not maybe a ghostwriter, but yourself and write a book. Like first and foremost, mm-hmm. like write a book. Cause I think there's, and obviously I'm telling you what to do, but you have to see if it's right for you. I would love to write a book, but my thought was always a children's book. I think, so I would like to collaborate with you now on this, now that we're talking about is, um, my dad used to always say, can't never did. I wanted to put that on a t-shirt and I, cause that is something that like, I mean, this was probably two years ago. I mentioned it and he's like, I have that trademarked. (laughs) Like, okay. But no, I'm serious. So I want to do the, I want to do a children's book together. And it's called Can't Never Did. And, and Can't is a person, personified as, as a non-boy, non-girl child who really goes through the story of that. So if you would like to collaborate on that in some way, shape, or form. Okay. I'd love to. I've um, always wanted to launch a children's book. So Here we go. The, as far as the business course, like I think that would also be fun to collaborate on some way, shape, or form, what, whatever it's going to be. Like I think that would be cool if we could uh, do that. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm kind of like asking you to marry me in front of like a stadium. You know what I mean? Like where you have- I don't know how one would feel about that, but well, well, in the family, I suppose. Keep it in the family. I'm not asking you to marry me for real. Uh, that would be a hot mess. And <laughs> it would way clash. Uh, and then I really do think, I think writing a book and giving that option to not only your people who just love you, but also to those, those ones who do aspire a little bit more on the motherhood side and do aspire a little bit on the- uh, entrepreneur side, it would also give you, I think would give a good clarity. Uh, you would might be identified more of why you are the way you are. I laugh because I wrote Ponderosa on here, right? Like I was one of my favorite jobs I've ever done. I loved Ponderosa. I loved it. And cause you were saying customer service and I'm like, well, customer service is a big deal. And we make it right. And I'm like, that made yeah. me Ponderosa. Like you, you just, you know, like, I don't know if that's where you got customer service. Right. But there was an yeah. aspect. Yeah. It. There's moments where I think back, like, and I think naturally when I'm not using my degree, I'm like, did I just waste like, all, and I, I paid for my own college. And so um, I'm like, did I just literally waste my money going to school? And I don't even do that. But I mean, Jordan, and I have talked about this. There is so much that I learned. Um, and this is going to sound crazy, but just techniques that I learned in the classroom with how to manage a classroom that have honestly helped me with managing a group of 37,000 people um, in a different way. Obviously, we're talking about five-year-olds and we're talking about adults, but um, 
There are, there's just things that I was taught that I feel like I wouldn't go back and not go to school and just be like, Hey, I'm going to launch this business. I think that there was power in the things that I learned, even if I'm not doing that. Um, hundred percent like career right now. It's funny. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I actually wrote down parenting because I feel like that's probably something you could probably trickle into your parenting conversation that we had earlier about like, am I doing this? Blah, blah. It's like, we're kind of always in the right place, right? Like Ponderosa, like I'm, I'm looking now on this podcast, I have a small series that's kind of trickling along, which is the what I learned series. And it's like, if I look back on not necessarily to live in the past, I'm not trying to wear my varsity jacket. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to live in the past. What I'm looking at is like, it's easier when you step out from the, the moment and look back yeah and start to identify like some different options or maybe how that shaped you, who you are today. And that helps you moving forward with the decisions you're making. Like where, what is the, you know, what am I going to be like in 10 years? But I look at like, what did I learn from, from throwing newspapers? What did I learn from mowing yards? And it's funny because you do learn skills. What do I learn when I spend a hundred grand on school? Right. And you know, yeah. you didn't have a hundred grand in school debt. Maybe you still wouldn't have pushed so hard you know? So I'm not saying kids need to necessarily go into a hundred grand of debt. And I'm not saying that yeah. need to get divorced, uh, go bankrupt, be like, like I have, I'm not saying those are the ways to learn, but sometimes those are the lessons that we ourselves need to go through to understand. And, and for me, I think some yeah. learning who I am and having some empathy and uh, empathy for other people. Like I've been really broke. I've been broke right? Like I've been able to, you know, but I think that's also getting to the point where I am today is learning like who we are as individuals and live like one of the things that you wrote that what you said to me about business, which I think is, I wrote down a couple things is uh, life and work. They're one and the same for you. And they, but and they that's been my biggest struggle. If, if there's anything that, I mean, it's gotten better. Um, but that work life, personal life balance has been such a struggle. And I, if there's anything that's been the guilt with all of this, it's been that it's been, um, cause I'm not going to lie when this started to ramp up and, um, I have an amazing team that they hold down the fort for me. I don't do the shipping. I don't do the customer service anymore. Like they do so much for me and I'm so thankful for them. I more so do the, um, the new designs and the ordering of the garments and even that I'm shifting over to them. But before I had a team that I felt was solid, um, it was just me trying to do 25 million different things. I, I didn't want to give it over to anybody. I, I, I had that mentality that I'm the only one that can do it well. I don't want anybody else to touch it because if they do it, they're not going to do it right. And for the longest time, that's how I was. I didn't want anyone else to touch, for lack of a better word, my baby. And I, you know, after I had crew, I don't talk about this a lot, but um, there was definitely some postpartum depression stuff there. And I think it was, a lot of it was I had a newborn. Um, I had this business that was growing and I don't like asking for help. And I just like in my head thought, I'm okay. It's just because I'm stressed and I'm busy. Whereas it was more so I was putting too much on myself that I couldn't handle and I needed to ask for help. Um, but I still, you know, there's times where it's like, I do feel guilty for working 
all day long. And again, your brother, I mean, he's, he's always been like, what, what's his thing he's always said? We're going to give this five years to do something. Like you work so hard at this for five years. And after five, after five years, it doesn't take off or it doesn't, you know, it's not something that's worth it, then we can just be like, all right, this was just a chapter in my life that we're going to be done with. But if it blossoms and grows, you can look back and say, all those days that I worked like a dog, which I did, were totally worth it. And I can look back and say that, but I think too, that's the other thing is there's people who don't, they don't want to work that hard to grow something like this. And it sucks. It's not fun when you're in that stage of your life, but I think that sometimes that's what you got to do. You've got to, you've got to focus on it with your whole heart and soul. Even during the times where you're like, Hey, I'd rather be doing this, or I'd rather be doing that. And there was a lot of things where I, I couldn't do that because for me, it was like, I've got to, I've got to work. I've got to do this. I've got to grow this. And I'm rambling, but. um, Oh, I think, I think, well, there's, I don't know if, I don't actually know if this is true, but supposedly you have to water bamboo for five years before it shoots out of the ground and then it grows like 75. Maybe that's where Jordan got this. I don't know. That's just always been his like milestone was five years. And fortunately we, around year three was when it just, you know, shot up to a point where I was like, is this real? Um, but yeah, that's just always been what he said is five years. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, I mean, it's, it seems like I text you more and more. It's like, I'll just send you a, a message on Instagram. It's like, he's so sexy. He's just so sexy. I didn't. Oh, I love him. He's so sexy. I, you know, like, this is so many touch points. But I, you, I, when I said this, and you, before you started, quote unquote, rambling, is life and work are intertwined. And I think even there is still some guilty that you're feeling that I think is unnecessary because it's attached to this life of similarly, like, I should be doing this and then I should be doing this. And it's like, at the end of the day, like as a parent, I don't know if we've had this conversation or not, but it's like the best form of a parent I could ever be like is to be myself. Like kids don't learn by me telling them like, you need to, you know, you need to do blank. They, they watch it. And if, if I'm working a miserable job for them, which they never asked me to do, I would then selfishly because I'm think that for them egotistically versus what is the best gift I could ever give as a parent to my kids? And to me would be letting them know that it's safe. And then also setting the example to be who they are, whether they work like a dog five days a week and then take five days off. Like we have that opportunity in this country and in this day and age at this point to be able to do that. And I think that is a disservice if you take that away. So I, I, I don't think you're a workaholic. And I also don't think, you know, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I, I don't think summer gets mad at winter because winter snows more. Like, you know, I, I don't know what that means, but somewhere in there is like saying like, I, I, I think your kids are fine. I don't think you, I don't think you overwork. I don't think, and but plus you're showing that there's ambition. And like, if, if it makes you happy, wouldn't you want your, in my idea is like, wouldn't you want your kids to do the same thing they're happy versus doing something like Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like, that's, that's kind of a filter I have for my parenting is like, am I, am I creating an environment where they, like you talked about serious conversations. Like if I really want them to have serious conversations then I actually need to like train them now that it's okay to ask questions, that it's, that it's okay to come to me and have conversations and feel like they can ask 
stupid questions or say silly things and not yeah. show judgment. So I think that's a huge thing. The other thing, I think with oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, either way is fine. But I was saying, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Just with the whole situation of like, you know, they're my boys are four and six and they're learning so much now. I mean, they're like sponges and um, crew pooped his pants um, down at the neighbor's house because he has FOMO and, you know, hold, held it. And I will never forget. I mean, he was so scared. Like he tried to hide it. We found his underwear up in his hamper, poop filled. Um, and he came out with a new pair of pants and we were like, what, what, why do you have a different outfit on? And he was like nervous to tell us because he thought we were going to be really angry. And like that for me was a moment of, that makes me sad that he even thought that, you know, that he thought we were going to lash out at him. But then it also gave me that perspective of these are the moments where I need to tell him like, Hey buddy, everybody poops their pants. It's okay. Like mommy, mommy understands I wouldn't have gotten upset because I, I feel like if, if they're nervous about something like that now, which is big to a kid, um, they're going to be nervous about that when they're a teenager and there's something that's big to them. They're going to be nervous. You're going to be angry versus telling you what was wrong with that fear that you're just going to, you know, lash out and be angry. So it's interesting because, and that also spreads to different dynamics. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, we share, um, she was one of your best friends growing up and, um, she had a younger brother and, and I remember, I remember this very vividly is like, he, he would drink and drive because he would be in trouble if he was drinking. So, and to me, that always stuck with me is like, I'm so, yeah. I'm so happy that my dad said, Hey, if you're dr drinking, like he always created an environment to say, like when the big deals like this happened, and that's why I say it's, it's, it's different domains though. And, and so like, for me as to think of his parents, like he didn't always create that environment in other areas, but in the areas yeah. that like, I'm thankful that that kid didn't die while driving drunk because a simple conversation is like, you can't drink. It's just not yeah. good or you know the the butterfly in the cocoon the opportunity to to make mistakes and what i've also learned is that a lot of the things that if i was my parents are protective most parents are protective yeah. my mom is still being protective i have to have the conversation with them i know you guys are filled with fear but it's okay and i know that's okay because i drive in the ghetto and in the worst parts and i see a lot of things and those people are still okay they're not an ideal life and i get it but they're okay and so I have to reaffirm to them that they're okay. Any, anyway, so it's like, there are lessons that I'm learning in my 20s that if I wasn't so protected, which is not a bad, not a bad thing to have, but if I wasn't so protected, I would, have, I would have found who I was at those areas and I would have had a great support staff at, or system yeah. at that point. Now I'm in my 25s and I have kids and I don't have- You're almost 30. I'm almost 30, right? I mean, talking backwards a little bit here is like when I was 25 is like, now I'm learning all these lessons and it's just not the appropriate time. It, the appropriate time to really cultivate, and this is obviously a strong opinion, where kids can be authentic and screw up is when they have parents who have the energy to deal with that, you know? And like, like now is not one of those, like crew. I mean, he is just unapologetically himself and he, his favorite color is pink. Um, he wants his walls to be pink. He has pink knee pads and I'm shocked at, Again, I'm going off on something else, but I'm shocked at the comments that we got 
for letting him get pink knee pads. I'm like, really? Um, you know, I, I just, that, that's what he wanted. And to me, it's like, Hey, if you wanted them to have glitter on them, I would have gotten you that too. It's, and I think in a society where there's so many stereotypes on what, what girls can do and what boys can do. And, um, and that's where prejudice begins. Like, in yeah. reality, like, you're like, no, you can't do that because girls do that or boys do that. And it's like, you're already creating the segregation of that. You have that one is bad, right? It could be like boys have wieners and girls don't like that's just kind of like that's a fine that's not saying one's right or wrong and where you're saying a boy can't have pink is starting to say it's because it's for girls it's starting to say that it's it's wrong for boys to have pink versus just saying yeah. girls. and i think that is a kudos to you guys for like realizing this and this goes back to the conversation like am i doing the right thing as a mom and it's like yeah you're already winning like um it doesn't mean stop right it doesn't mean like oh i worked out i'm done i got abs once i don't yeah. have to do abs again i'm done no more no more working out it's, it's a continual process and you said that you said kind of like you know always learning and um developing that so anyways i know you said you kind of had to go we went over a little or, bit or he is probably kid duty down there you know he does you know he's got that but was there anything like one i mean now that we put that out there that you have to write a book and everyone knows about it because there are a million people who watch this podcast so just saying um yeah now there will be <laughs> i think one last thing i kind of want to touch on is is we talked about just not always learning but we you were freaking out about this podcast but you and jordan something is totally new to me guys i don't know if i've just been blind to it it's never been a conversation but he kind of said the same things like you know makes me uncomfortable so I think I want to do it. That, what? Like, where does, where's this coming from for you guys? I'm all about it. Like, yeah, put me in the ice bath. Let's, let's, let's put me in some uncomfortable situations. I'm ready, baby. Like, put it on me. But I'm curious to know, like, what is, what has changed about you guys? Where you guys are starting to lean into this uncomfortability. Has it always been there? And compared to Jordan. Say that again. You were cutting out. Can you say that again? Yeah, we good. Yeah. I feel like I've always been more of an outgoing person. When you compare me to Jordan, he is definitely, um, you know, quiet, um, not as outspoken, keeps to himself. I think for me, it's just like I told you, I go live on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook. I've got a TikTok now. Like, I'm totally okay being out there. I think it's though, because I have the control with it. You know, I know you hear, I told you this would happen. I have a kid beating at the door. He's going to bust it down here and it's, it's crew. Um, I don't know. I just think maybe that lack of control. Well, not necessarily knowing the questions you're going to ask or what we're going to talk about. And I think that's what made me a little bit like, I don't know about this. Well, that makes you uncomfortable, but what, what about you? Like you could have been, okay, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to do it, but you did decide to do it, which is huge, right? Like you decided to do something you're uncomfortable with, which most people avoid. Right. And so, um, maybe the question I'm, I'm trying to get is like, why did I do it instead of just saying no? Yeah. What, what's causing you guys to lean in you and Jordan to lean into uncomfort, you know, uncomfortable situations. I mean, like I told you, I think for me, it's getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because I think that's when 
magical moments happen. I think there's so many things in life where you can just stay in your lane and be like, you know what? I don't like that. That makes me uncomfortable. I'm not going to do it. But, um, I'm going to tell one more story and I'm going to, I, um, two, three years ago, I wanted to launch a children's brand, um, manufactured garments. Uh, I wanted them. I mean, I knew exactly what I wanted. I got down to, I had a manufacturer, um, in the USA. I went through the whole compliance for children's apparel. I sourced fabric from New York. We had the sketches digitized, ready to go. And I freaked out. I got really uncomfortable and I dropped those people like a hot potato. I just stopped communicating with them, which is terrible. And I'm mortified that I did that, but I was so uncomfortable with taking that step and doing something that was scary. And now I look back and I think if I would have done that, where could I have been right now? Like what, what could my brand, I mean, I, I love my brand and I think it's incredible, but what could it have been if I would have went with being uncomfortable and running with it? And so I think it's like more so like, well, actually Jordan said that today. He's like, well, you could just say no. Cause I told him I was nervous. Why didn't you just say no? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's good to be uncomfortable. It's good to step outside of your shell. What is your motivation to grow? What is it like? What, so what? So what? You never grow this business any further. But what is the motivation to grow? Is it money? Is it um, impact? Is it either way is fine. All of it's fine. I want a business that my kids can take over one day. Not saying that they're going to want to. There's a chance Declan Crew and Harlow are going to be like, that's not what I want to do. And that's fine. But I want to grow something that they can maybe eventually one day take the reins of and keep it in the family. And I think for me, it's sustaining and making sure that it blossoms and grows and continues to as they grow. And again, Jordan, he's gotten so into business ever since launching this. And so he'll read books and listen to podcasts and all this stuff. And he has always said like most businesses fail within the first is it like three or five years or something. Also fail in the first year, but yes, it's something like something. 80%. I don't even remember the statistic, but it's a lot. It's like, 80%. So hopefully now that we've reached five years, like, you know, but um, I think it's important too. I have to stay ahead of the curve. I have to, I have to make sure that, you know, there, I have a lot of competitors and for me, I want to be the person that's thinking of something new and something that's not been out there yet. And I think in order to do that, I have to continue to grow and learn and do new things. So, yeah. Well, if somebody's listening to this and they had a certain set of skills or something like that, what, what would be, what would, you know, are, are you hiring? Are you looking for a certain set of skills to, of, of a human to bring on board? Like, are you open to, you know, somebody who's creative and driven to help kind of, you know, uh, move the vision along. Like, I mean, people will listen to this podcast. It might just be you. I mean, I know I you this what I have been looking like as of right now, I've done a majority of the designs, the artwork. Um, and it's been hard to find a designer that isn't working with other competitors. Does that make sense? So, you know, for example, like finding someone who, if you came to my site and then you went to a competitors of mine, 
you wouldn't say, oh, hey, that looks like something that would be at Declan and Crew. That's what I don't want. I don't want that at all. I want a designer that is exclusive to me, is my vibe, um, that's helping, because I, I have zero artistic ability when it comes to the, um, like the actual drawing. Like I have Adobe Illustrator, I've taught myself how to use it, but I mean, yeah, that's probably something is more so just a graphic designer that I feel confident is exactly the style that I'm looking for. I know there's a lot of graphic designers out there. It's just, there's never been someone that I've seen and I'm like, yes, you vibe up with what I'm looking for exactly. So yeah, someone to generate designs and artwork and email blast content and things like that. I love all of it. And I think, uh, that's pretty awesome. Well, what, what would be, what question do I want to ask to sign off here? Uh, well, what's your handles? Like, where can people find you? If they've definitely listened this long, they probably can Google you, but. I don't know. We might've lost them with my rambling. Um, my Instagram is Declan and Crew, D-E-C-L-A-N. Usually people don't spell that right. Um, my mom squad, if you're a mom out there, I'm very biased, but I will say it is the best non-judgmental mom squad group out there. I know mom groups can be cat and dog. We are not like that. Um, it is Declan and crew mom squad. We have an Instagram or a Facebook business page and my personal Instagram is mama all day, every day. So yeah. Awesome. So if somebody is listening to this, it means that they actually gave a shit other than our parents and you know, like listening to this, but they gave a shit enough to connect It'll with Jordan. Us. Yeah. Jordan. So my husband will listen. So would you be willing to take on mentees? I know you said it earlier that you wanted to bring somebody. Would you take on, can someone, what I'm saying is, can someone reach out to you if they're interested in learning more from you genuinely? And what would be your criteria? Like they got to be ready to roll. They got to be like, what, what would be your criteria if you had a criteria? I'm, I'm going to be completely honest right now with quarantine. <laughs> right now is not a good time, yeah. but I would I love, love, love being able to talk to people about their businesses and I like to help people. And I think a part of that is the elementary teacher in me. Um, it's just been one of those things where I feel like I, I have to set aside time specifically for that. And right now it's just. It's a lot. It's so much but I think so if someone else had that yeah. question that they would feel, you know, uh, that you would be open to it or not open to it. So one day I, I'm going to do it. I will encourage somebody to still reach out to you and uh, All right. have that communication, uh, whether you have that or not. So just to the person who's listening out there. Uh, Can I just let you, okay. What, you gotta show me a kid? Hi. What'd you do? <laughs> He's just been sitting outside this door for about 10 minutes now. I love it. That's the best. All right. Well, uh, we can sign off. Uh, I appreciate you doing this. If uh, you're, you're invited to do it again sometime, what's that? Maybe Jordan and I can do a couples podcast. Or you guys could take over the podcast for an entire episode and just you and him talk. That would He'd be love that. Yeah, right. He would love that. That is hilarious. No, I'm I'm serious. he's jealous. I got to do this. He wants to do it again. He said, man, you just need, I kind of want him to be a, like a, a, a Monday podcast host with me. Like, like just Jordy and I on Mondays or something like that. And just have that. And, and 
you know, Jordy, Jordy and Kale marker Mondays, it, I think would be a lot of fun to do. And um, next time when we do this, we'll have to go, we'll have to go live. Okay. All right. I think we can handle it now that I know. Well, thank you. And I will talk thank to you. you next time. All right. Bye. We'll see you.